Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Hawani, back with another edition of DC and Hawani. And my friends, this is a very, very special edition in this very, very special week. Of course, we've got the entire Monday DC and Hawani show for you. But then, but then, my friends, on the back end, we've got my full, unedited, one-on-one, -on -one extended conversation with the one and only conor mcgregor yes you may have seen on sunday we posted that on youtube if you're more of an audio guy you'll get that full conversation right after dc and hawani so just stick around enjoy the whole thing it's a great day to be an mma fan of course conor returns on january 23rd this saturday in abu dhabi highly anticipated rematch against the one and only dustin poirier main event ufc 257 and you can get it exclusively on espn plus pay-per-view here in america and it's available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $69.99, or you can sign up right now to get UFC 257 and an ESPN Plus annual plan for $89.99. Visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV for details. And of course, let me tell you about another podcast, because I like to do that around this time of day. It's called Jalen Jacoby, one of my favorites. They put out a bunch of episodes every week where Jalen Rose and David Jacoby discuss all the latest in the sports world in their own unique style. So if you're into that sort of thing, and I hope they talk a little Buffalo Bills this week, then I suggest you check out Jalen Jacoby wherever you get your podcasts. All right, on to today's show, which may contain some language that's not suitable for all audiences, so listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. They win everything, so don't do that because then there's going to be a time where we have to go to Boston again. We're going to walk through that stupid airport, and there's like a hundred banners of championships from the Bruins and the Celtics and the Patriots. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life on this Monday, January 18th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Hawani presented by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app. That's DC, Daniel Cormier. I'm Hawani, Ariel Hawani and DC, my man. I see the net behind you. I see you living large over there at the world famous W in Abu Dhabi on Fight Island. It seems like they've rolled out the red carpet for you once again. I mean, you see the net back there because they know coach told me, even though you're on vacation, I need 500 shots a day. So I get up, I brush my teeth, I, I wash my face and I get my shots up. And every time you just flick the wrist. Ariel, I am. You remember, you remember when you told me you hit seven game winning shots? That's what right. What you got to do? Eight, seven game actually. winning shots. And every time through, through the window, follow through, through, through the, the net. Stare down, open stuff. Through the what? You look through the what? Through the window. Follow. You look through, through the window. Keep it up, just a little bit. Show those nails. Show those nails. Well, you do that whenever you hit that game winner. Like That's one right. of those seven, you did this, and you just left it up there, right? You had to leave it up there. Seven. I called this dude seven times, and this dude eight. said, "Oh eight. man, I'm happy. I, I'm floating. I just hit a game winning shot in adult league basketball. I'm like, okay, one time I maybe believe, but seven, no chance." But I'm getting up 500 a day because if there's ever a day that you and I play, no chance you get to six, seven points yeah, right. against Stop me if we're going this. to 11. There's no way. You're saying this because before the show, we were arguing and I said, no, no, no. no. There's no way. I, I beat you 11 7. If we played 11, I beat you 11 5, 11 6. 
I'm just I'm backing you about, down, son. I'm just ha- forget about all that. I'm happy about this. What I'm seeing and hearing in front of me, the energy. Of course, before we get into all of that, oh. I would be remiss if I don't. Oh. <laughs> no, if, if if I don't send a hearty congratulations, of course, to myself. I don't know if you know, but I just hit oh. Oh, Amelia. Oh wow! On okay, so that's good. Amelie, like Amelie, Amelia. Amelia, 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 Amelia. I mean, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, Amelia on Instagram. Who's the man now? So congratulations. Oh my goodness. Uh, congratulations on the Buffalo Bills advancing. Oh, oh, wow. You guys didn't hold up your end of the bargain, but this is the difference between you and I, DC. I'm not going to kick you while you're down. Remember, the last time we lost Hail Mary against the the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, you kicked me while I was down. You were laughing in my face. We have not lost since, but this is what I want to do for you because it's been a tough week for you. And I want to, I wish I could give you a virtual hug because not only don't you got to stop making these hug references. We've talked about this. You lost We've your boy about the to the Brooklyn Nets and Drew Brees is done and the Saints are done. I wish I could give you. So what I want to do for you right now is extend an invitation from no. Bill's Mafia to no. you. No. Jump on the bandwagon no. because we're no. headed. You can take your you can take your invitation and just I don't care. I can't tell you where to put it, but you can take your invitation and keep it over there because there's no way Come I would on. ever root for anyone but the New Orleans Saints. And the Houston Rockets. Look, man, James Harden, love the guy. Tough James week. Harden is a great guy, unbelievable to me. has always been nothing but a gentleman. Uh, and I'm happy that he's happy, you know, but we're going to be okay that down in Houston. That's what someone says. I'm happy. Get dumped. That's what someone says. <laughs> I'm happy that he's happy. Come on. I'm happy, that that James, I'm happy that James is happy and playing with a team that can uh, compete for a championship. You know, we're in full-on rebuild mode. But, man, hey, we got the great John Wall. Christian Woods oh, playing great. We got Victor Oladipo. We are a playoff team in the Western Conference with the lineup that we – with the team that we have today. We're a playoff team, so I'm good. But I, I just want – hey, I do – hey, hey, did you put the video up yet? Did you put it up? Yes. Did you put that video did. up? My wife did, yes. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Bro, I've never seen anything like that. You also wear socks with sandals. That's I knew right. you wore socks with sandals. I knew you wore socks with sandals. How sandals? You wear socks with sandals. You look terrible. Your dance moves are horrible. You're very stiff. You really need to, like, loosen up a little bit when you're celebrating that million followers. But listen, Ariel – a million followers. Hats off, my man. Seven Thank figures you. for the boy Helwani. Hey, last call night. me Ted DiBiase from now on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to the people down in New Orleans attending Drew Brees, the, the second line. Guys, I'm with you. I was hurt. I'm a wreck, Ariel. I was up all night last night. Could not go to sleep. I have not slept since yesterday. Oh, well, an hour. I slept for an hour before the show because I needed to. But I, I, I couldn't sleep. My heart is so broken. Losing in the playoffs at this point has become a bit of a tradition, a sad tradition for us Saints fans. And I wonder what we're going to do going forward without, uh, you know, who I believe to be the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, Drew Brees. Well, enough about all that. The offer still stands. If you want to jump on, you have till Sunday Don't night. Um, Don't worry. Most important, all jokes aside. Happy Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day to you and everyone out. It's, uh, it's, it's a great day, a great time to, uh, to remember the legacy of the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, and especially during these days, uh, more important Absolutely. perhaps than ever. So I uh, just wanted to mention that at Absolutely. the very top of the show. But of course, DC, we are coming off an amazing weekend, and we are heading into what will be an incredible week and weekend 
for the UFC and mixed martial arts. Of course, later in the program, we're going to talk at length about Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. But first, we have to talk about what you witnessed cage side oh. on Saturday night. The ABC debut, bit of a slow main card. Excuse me, bit of a slow prelims. Main prelims card was fantastic. Yeah, the main yes. card was absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. And the main event was, you know, the, the the masterpiece by Max Holloway. The win over Calvin Cater, five rounds to none. There was a 50 to 42 in there. Our friend, the judge, Ben Cartledge telling me 50 to 43. So that's, you know, a 10, eight, I mean, just an absolute beatdown, incredible performance. And you said DC, and I wonder if you feel this way two days later, finest performance you've ever seen inside the octagon. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. And I know we've witnessed some great things and people, uh, you and I talked about this a little bit. Sometimes people will say a quick performance doing something that's unexpected Connor versus Aldo. I believe Connor versus um, Alvarez was a better performance for McGregor. I think over time, the way that Max Holloway was able to dominate Calvin Cater in boxing, in the way that Calvin Cater has looked boxing, the activity, the sharpness, the flow, the freeness, everything that Max Holloway did should be applauded. And I truly do believe I've never seen anything like it. And I'm starting to build a long list of fights that I've watched next to the octagon. I never felt that buzz inside of me like I did when I left that arena Saturday. It, I could not come down. I couldn't come down from watching what I had saw. And, and it was Calvin Cater's toughness was on full display. But Max Holloway with touch, 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 body shot, body shot, punch. I mean, did he kick? Did Max kick? Max through three spinning back kicks over the course of the whole fight. This was a boxing fight with four ounce gloves and he landed 400 punches. That's crazy. Yeah. That's I believe absurd. at one point he called himself the best boxer in the, UFC. in the octagon. What, what was he, what was that like what, when he was talking Bro. to you? <laughs> it's like, so like there's two level. things, right? Yeah. There's two things, right? One, you're watching a guy in there that you care about, right? That's my buddy, right? So you, I've seen my friends lose next to the cage. I've seen him win, but I'm watching a guy that I care about a lot, and he's fighting the absolute perfect fight. Then he addresses us. But not only is he addressing us, he is calling back to interviews. Oh right? He's remembering in those moments that this dude said that in boxing, I'm a freshman. He's the senior. He's like, I'm going to show him. He said that in an interview last week with MMA Junkie, yep. and then he said it in the fight. He goes, I'll call me a freshman. The freshman came to play tonight. The freshman came to play. Wow. And then he's like, the freshman came to play. And his eyes, like he, his eyes were so intense looking at us. I was like, oh, my goodness. Who is this? This isn't Max Holloway. He, he has left his body now. He's on. Oh, the freshman came to play today. Freshman came to play today. Then Calvin's like punching. Max is all whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, Max, like, Max, Max, like doing all this. And then Max goes, I'm the best boxer in the UFC. Boom, like without even looking at him, bro. It was like it was like LeBron closing his eyes and shooting a three-pointer on, on, on the Rockets last week. Max turned and went, wow, no look right hand. Cater just is so tough that he didn't go out. Bro, I've I've never seen anybody in such a flow. His okay. that flow state was insane. Yeah, okay. So then let me ask you this because the numbers were nuts. I mean, the significant strikes, the records, all that stuff. But you know what's I crazy? One, one quick thing about the numbers. When I looked at the screen after the fight, the unofficial stats said 290 yeah. of six-something. By the time they really tallied it up, they added 150 strikes. Wow. Like, how crazy is that? When I left, 
And I looked at the screen. It said Max Holloway landed 440 punches or something like that. Once they actually tallied up the strikes, it went to 450. How do you add 150 strikes? That means that the CompuBox numbers couldn't keep up. Not CompuBox. What are you talking about? Or whatever it is. Whatever that shit. What is it called? What is the strike thing? It's like UFC stats. It was fight metric, but now UFC. Yeah, they they, they can't. But but here's the thing. When I was okay, so to that point, when I was watching it, I was blown away. I mean, that was one of the greatest. I don't know if it's the greatest, but one of the greatest. Hard to say the greatest. It was a masterpiece. But I couldn't help but think of a story that came out last week on MMA fighting about Spencer Fisher Mm -hmm. and the state that he's in, his health, his brain. And shouldn't that fight been stopped? Like, should we have never got to those numbers? Because you can make a case in the third and fourth round, either Herb Dean or Calvin Cater's great corner, New England Cartel, who we talked so much about last week, should have stopped the fight. He was not going to win that fight. Why take all that damage? You know, it's a very difficult call to make as a corner. And when I think people talk about Herb at times not doing what he needs to do. Herb could have stopped that fight, but we were so upset when they stopped the fight between Ankalaev and Kutulabo and Kutulabo started punching. Calvin Cater always started punching, right? So that's what Herb sees. Herb sees the guy that he's telling to work, working, or at least trying to stay within the fight. So for me, I think that it was more on the corner to stop the fight. I agree. Because... Herbert, when you, he, Calvin Cater was always aware enough to follow Herb's instructions. So he continued to fight. Hmm. Now we know that Calvin Cater in his corner, they, they know each other forever. They love each other. They know their guy. Um, you don't know what their conversations are in regards to how you stop a fight. You saw what happened with uh, Deontay Wilder, right? He fired the guy, right? Hmm. Even, even though we all applauded the guy for doing in a big moment when most people wouldn't, he got fired. So it's like it, it's a hard thing to do. Fourth round is when I would have stopped the fight. Mm-hmm. He, that that's the round where the strikes got lost. In the fourth round, Max hit him 140 times. He hit him 140 times in the fourth round. That was the round in which the fight should have been stopped. Now, for all that being said, to lose a third round 10-8 at least, fourth round 10-8 at least, for Calvin Cater to fight at least a decent enough round to lose 10-9 in the fifth. After all that damage shows you what kind of savage Calvin Cater is. Is that great for the long-term health? You wouldn't think so. But, man, for a guy to get beat up in that way, you don't very often raise the appreciation level. I think Calvin Cater somehow raised the appreciation level. Couldn't agree more, especially it's rare to get that kind of love and appreciation after a one-sided fight. I just hope that it doesn't affect him for the rest of his career because he's a sharp kid. Oh, yeah, and he's been doing this for a while, but that's that's the kind of damage. I mean, that's the kind of damage that you take that affects you for a long time. By the way, speaking of sparring, that's now two fights in a row that Max Holloway tells us he did not spar. I I was reminded of the great Allen Iverson who once said, practice, practice. Maybe practice is overrated. What do you think? Like, should should guys not spar? Here's what's happening, right? They're they're more than just guys like – they're more than just Max that is in sparring, right? I know I keep saying, I say McGregor I because he's fighting this weekend, right? McGregor long time ago said he plays when he spars, right? He's not necessarily always going 100%. And I think that's what Max has to be doing. Max has to be playing. He has to be putting someone in front of him in order to get off all those combinations and simulate what he's going to do in the fight. 
granted, he's not getting punched in the face, but he is doing something to be so sharp in there because you can't just show up without doing anything in that way physically and then look like he did. So he's playing. He's just not hard sparring anymore. He's okay. got to be doing something. Well, it's, it's and I'll ask him that, you know, he's coming to play me in Madden oh, soon. So look at you. I'll ask him, uh, I'll ask him about, well, he's uh, trying to maybe, maybe, maybe he's coming over to take your spot. Cause he said, you're taking everything that, you know, he read a read earlier. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, wow, this dude's good. What is happening? Like Max Holloway's good. But I'm here to tell you right right now, DC, I don't care. So on Saturday morning, I, I officially reported that Alexander Volkanovsky is going to fight Brian Ortega on March 27th. By the way, the hope is for the heavyweight title to be the main event, Stipe versus Francis. That's not a done deal. It's been reported okay. elsewhere. It's probably going to happen. But as of right this second, we tell you the truth here over here. It's not a done deal. But I'm here to tell you, and I'd love to get your take on this. I don't care what happens in that fight. Volkanovsky wins again, Ortega wins. Max Holloway should fight for the belt next. Oh, yeah. By the way, even if Volkanovsky wins, I don't care if it's the third (laughs) track. It's a great story because a lot of people thought that he won the second fight, and this is totally different because some people might say, hey, you said famously many, many times you don't want to see Benavidez DJ3. Well, the difference is Benavidez got knocked out in the second fight. The second fight in this case was so close. I want to see this Max Holloway fight, Alexander Volkanovsky. is probably the most interesting 145 fight they could put on. So I take back what I said leading into the fight. Mm-hmm. I want Max to fight for the belt regardless of who wins in March. Absolutely, because he showed improvement. That's what you want to see when there's a guy that's trying to earn a rematch or, in this case, a third fight against a champion. Like, what can you do different in order to win the fight? Well, a lot of people thought he won the second fight, so you could just point to that. That guy was enough to compete with the champ. But after what he did on Saturday, it shows that he is, I mean, if Alexander Volkanovsky right now is number is one, he's 1A. And unless Brian Ortega has completely closed the gap, um, they, they seem to be head and shoulders above everyone else. Here, here's, here's the interesting thing. Max Holloway has looked like this against most people. How much credit does Alexander Volkanovsky deserve yep. to have two victories over Max Holloway? Great point. And, and Alexander Volkanovsky does one thing, right? And, 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 he doesn't back up. If you start going backwards against Max Holloway, you're done because then you start absorbing. Volkanovski just doesn't retreat. He constantly tries to stay forward to not allow Max to get into such a free-flowing uh, type of style. When Max was able to flow early in that second fight, he dropped him twice, mm. right? Because Max had him going backwards. In that third round, Volk and his coaches decided we can't give ground anymore. And when they stopped giving ground, that's when the fight became much closer because Max won the first two rounds easy. Third, fourth, and fifth was very competitive because Volkanovski made that adjustment and he stopped backing up. You cannot back up against Max Holloway. You can't. Even when he fought Dustin Poirier at 55, when he got Dustin going back, he started to have success. When he, when Dustin was pushing him back or standing his ground was when he was able to land Big shots that were hurting Max. In addition to all of that, like I said, the main card was great, and it was cool to see on on ABC. Obviously, both you, uh, John, Dan, you all did a great job on the broadcast, uh, Brett as well. But here we have a situation where uh, you have Carlos Condit, an OG of the game, 
final fight of his contract. I'm hearing he's leaning towards re-signing, so that's a bit different than the Pettis situation. Big win over Matt Brown. Uh, what about Li Zhangliang with the big knockout over Santiago Ponzinibbio, Alessio De Chirico with the shocking knockout of Joaquin Buckley, who was on that you know that 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 that, that rocket ship, and of course uh, Puna Soriano with the big win as well. Of all those guys, before we move on, any any performance in particular really stood out to you? You know, I think that. The, the two knock, you know, the three knockouts at the beginning were just fantastic. You know, Soriano fought another undefeated fighter and he just stiffened him. I mean, completely outclassed him and showed that they were on a different level. Alessio De Chirico landing that beautiful head kick. But you know what, man? I think when I think about bouncing back and having a spectacular performance, had to be Lee, right? Because we saw Santiago Ponzinibbio, what he had done before the extended break due to his health coming back looking to just put himself right back in the title picture. And Lee Jingliang had just lost to Neil Magny. So he needed a, a performance to really remind people that he's still viable and dangerous in this division. You beat a guy like Santiago Ponzinibbio, and the way that he did, it shows you that he's in line for some even bigger fights. Big moment for Lee, big fight for Lee. And Ariel, just the buzz of being on ABC – was special, man. And the, the fans too, right? Didn't the they fans help? were I was about to say that yeah. the fans were back in the arena. Um I mean from 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 the, the, the production crew to all the executives, everyone was very aware that it was on network television. And it was to me such a massive difference between the first time we did a network show back in 2010 or eleven. Eleven, November. Two thousand eleven to this one. Whereas in two thousand eleven it was probably worst case scenario, right? Yep. Hour and a half of build for a minute and five second fight to having this fight card where you showed all the fights main card and they all absolutely delivered. It was fantastic. It was it was a great night, man. And people that never watch Ariel yeah. were like, I cannot believe you're on ABC. I had friends write me messages, guys that I haven't heard from from home. Daniel, continue to raise the bar. Keep changing the idea of what we can accomplish in Lafayette and showing these kids that anything is possible. That's how much it meant for those guys that I grew up with to see me on network television on ABC. Wow. And we spoke about this before, how big it is and how different it is. But these guys, they're saying this to me as fathers because their children are probably our age when we watched Foreman and Ali and yeah. all these guys fight. And so for me, the guy from around the corner being on network TV is showing their children anything is possible. And they're saying, look, this is Daniel. Daniel grew up right down the street. Look at where he is today. You can be anything. It's fantastic. Yeah, Anik uh, uh, voiced a really great essay about the evolution from Wild World of Sports and Kosan Ali, of course, till now. Um, it was cool, man, and to see the logo there, the ABC logo and the fans. You could, you miss the fans. Just trust me. Yeah. Like, I know I said it at the beginning. Hey, maybe we don't need fans. No, we need fans. Stupid. We do. We need yeah. the fans, bro. You can feel it right away. Like I, uh, I was clapping. like, I, I've left so many fights going, I don't know, man. The fights may have been better without the fans. It's not. The fans really do make the sport and – I cannot wait until we're back in front of 20,000 people. Yeah. And, and we miss you guys. Actually, we miss you guys and we, we love you. Like it's absolute truth. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm all, by the way, I'm only showing up when it's full arena. That's my rule. So I just, okay, okay, I just okay. feel like it's, it's better, but no, yeah, sure. we, we got the, we got the Bonner Griffin effect where the fight went five rounds as opposed to the JDS Kane effect of yes. nine years ago where it lasted 60 seconds. Crazy to think back in 2011, the prelims were on Facebook of all places and then yeah. just the main event. So a lot has changed. 
main card delivered and you're sticking around of course not only for the connor poirier card on saturday but also the wednesday card a special wednesday afternoon card starting at 9 a.m eastern time of course that one headlined by neil magny versus michael chiesa but before we get to the rest of the week's fun dc of course we have to tell you all about our good friends over at DraftKings. we love DraftKings, and dc a lot of people have been saying you've been looking at your phone too much during the show I've been getting a lot of messages so you better lock in right here because i got a lot to tell you about our good friends <laughs> over at dk this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, DC. Now, let's talk about the buzz over there. Uh, just a few hours ago, I got footage from our good friend Charlie Moynihan, producer mm-hmm. extraordinaire over there on Fight Island, who you're working with. There's Conor McGregor on the yacht, the big to-do. Did you get a glimpse? I, I was looking for you in the crowd. Did you get a glimpse? Did you a no. fist bump? Nothing? You, you didn't know, welcome you know him crazy. with everyone? You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? I've been, I have somehow started to feel the Hawani effect. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not, now I'm, I'm shut up. Like you've been shut up by so many. I'm shut what? out. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did to be shut out. I didn't do anything. You know, I'm just sitting here doing my show and then I, I've been shut out. So no, what does I that mean? Get, what does shut out mean? I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't talk to McGregor. I didn't get a fist bump. I don't get a call or a text message. You got I'm the out. stiff arm? You got the I mean, stiff arm? I've been stiff arm. I've been hit with the boom. I mean, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Here's the question, though. Were you ever in? Were you ever in? I was never really in, but, like, at least I used to get a conversation. I'm out of the conversation now. I can't. You know, I did a show on McGregor back in the day, you know, for for, for Fox. I did a show on McGregor. Now, I'm out. Wow. There is no. uh, So, could I ask? I mean, how does it feel? How does it feel for once that I'm in? I got to be honest, man. It's like a a punch to the gut. It's a little (laughs) Does it feel good, right? It, it feel does good. not feel good. I don't know why do these guys do this to us. Like we're just over here sitting, you know, doing our thing, and it, it feels a bit like a punch to the gut. Somebody's at my door right now, and I don't think they're gonna leave. They never leave. Why? They just keep coming. Be delivered, they just keep knocking and blowing. Let's right. see. Hold Let's on. see if they they ring the doorbell again. Oh, there they are. <laughs> is that dinner? I don't know what it is. Guys, could you leave it by the door, please? Oh, this is great stuff. I mean, only the Just best. Just leave it by the door, please. Thank you. Only the best. I appreciate the w it. W Abu Dhabi. Who, by the way, they keep sending me DMs over there on the W the account best. saying they miss me. The w Abu Dhabi. Hey, they, are at, they are the best. They want to service you. And they mm. want to make you feel welcome. And they won't stop. You know, what, you know what I did to them last night? So I called them. I go, hey, do you have fried chicken? <laughs> and they said, no, no, seriously. they go, well, we don't really have fried chicken. I said, well, well, the menu says whenever, whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> I said, the menu says whenever, whatever. So you know what they did? Let me talk to the chef. Came back with fried chicken. Get out of here. I promise you, bro. The, I, well, the menu says whenever, <laughs> whatever. Wow. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Yeah, let me let me check with the chef. Chef goes up and whips up a nice batch of fried chicken for you, boy. How right was away. it? How was it? 
it was good. It was thin chicken breast, right? It was thin yeah. chicken breast, which was fantastic. And I said, hey, if I take it to the next level, I'd like it spicy. So, you know, <laughs> inside the, <laughs> I'd like it spicy. Inside the crust is all pepper flakes. I mean, it was fantastic. They should sell fried chicken here at the W. I mean, you said whenever, it's, whatever. It's, it's next level hospitality. You yeah. mentioned you mentioned spicy. It reminds me, uh, our, our friend DP Dustin Poirier has his own batch of uh, hot sauce now. It's good. Have you seen it? Like, what's he like? Because I think I what tasted it. No, I've tasted it too. He sent me. Yeah, he sent me. But I, no, I, I'm curious if you have seen him. If you have talked yep. to him, I saw you yep. watching the game with him last week. But yep. you know, yep. I think one of the narratives was mentally he was broken going into the uh, the first fight. First and, fight. You know, yep. As I mentioned to Connor in our interview, like Ally Quinta said, oh, Dustin's already lost this fight. He's too happy to be here. He's he's just mm-hmm. he's happy to play a part, the charity and all that stuff. Do you get the sense that Dustin is coming for a win or is he coming just to take part in this fight? You know, when I spoke to Dustin last week in Vegas, I could see him um, trying to manage all of the emotion. Right. As it's, we got to Vegas, it was like, OK, now it's time. He had to manage all the emotion as to how he would approach everything. And we spoke and we, we, we talked and there were a lot of questions, you know? And so when, when a fighter starts to ask those questions, you realize they're kind of sifting and working through things in in regards to how the approach is going to be. So I I left Vegas thinking he's going to have some work to do to get himself mentally right in order to go into this fight. Um, I talked to him today and he's much different. Right. It seems like whatever questions he had to answer himself, he's gotten them in check. He's figured out his approach and he seems ready to go. I mean, dude seems confident. He seems sure he's got a fantastic strategy and he seems like he's ready to go and try to accomplish something that a lot of people in the world don't think. I I always talk about um, the fight. Right. And obviously when Conor McGregor fights, he's a lot of the story and people talk like, well, you uh, uh, you guys are overlooking Dustin. No, we aren't. We are not look, overlooking Dustin. And after speaking to Dustin today, he is more confident than I've seen in a long time. And it ain't a put on. He is not trying to put on and make people feel like he's ready to go. Dustin Poirier is ready to fight. So when I when we left Vegas, whatever questions he had to ask for himself in terms of what time should I be sleeping? What time should I be doing this? He had a lot of different things he needed to figure out and get ready. And over the course of that last week, he's got them all answered. And he seems sure that he's going to get his job done. You mentioned the game plan. What's the game plan? What did he tell you? Oh, I can't tell you that. Oh, okay. I mean, those things are those things are for me as a commentator to, you know, have when Dustin's in the octagon. I would never betray the trust of a fighter of for, for for a guy in the media. Of course. What do you mean a guy in the media? Not just a guy in the media. I'm your co-host, A, and I would never betray that trust. I was just trying to catch you slipping. If you would have started to tell me, I would have stopped you. That's how honorable yeah, okay, I am. Okay, okay, but okay, could okay, I ask sure. you if you're his head coach, what should the game plan be? You know, when you when you if you're Mike Brown yeah. and the rest of the coach at American Top Team, one thing is there, there's, there's big moments, right? There, there are little battles within fighting a guy like Conor McGregor. So I call back to Habib, right? And I call back to how big that fight was. Granted, we had never seen anything like it, but Javier Mendez and all the coaches had been there before. There's something to being in those moments before as a coaching staff that will allow for the fighter to stay more patient. The American top team coaches have seen everything. 
They've been in the spotlights. They fought Rousey. They fought Cyborg. They've been in those big moments. They can pass all that big experience on to Dustin. So there won't be panicking in the corner from the coaches. So he will not carry that nervousness. Um, if I'm cornering and coaching Dustin Poirier, I'm telling him, you got to survive the onslaught because Conor McGregor is a guy that starts fast. Obviously he's shown in, he's shown at times that he can fatigue, but if Conor McGregor thinks that he can get you out of there and he doesn't have as much respect for you, it's even worse. He starts even faster. I don't think for one second he respected Donald Cerrone. I, I just didn't. So he just ran across the octagon to try to knock him out. He was off balance. He threw the, threw the left hand, was reaching. I think when he says stuff like, I'm going to finish Dustin in 60 seconds, he may not necessarily have as much respect for Poirier. So you have to really be aware at second one of McGregor just really trying to get you out. And so I think he needs to weather the onslaught, take his time, and not get caught up in the in, in, in the extra and get himself caught with something because there's not many guys that hit as hard as McGregor and are as accurate and are as fast. Connor told me when I spoke to him last week that uh, he obviously maintains he will win in around 60 seconds, but he welcomes a war. Now he said a war for me might be something different than what it means for Dustin Poirier. But do you believe him? Like, do you, because I said, like, would you like for it to go long? He's like, yeah, I'd love to get some extra time in or, you know, but that goes against everything that he's always done, like in and out clean, no damage. What do you think? You think he believes that? You think he really actually wants that? I think when he says that to you, it's um, a part of him just kind of like self, like reflecting on everything. But I think that he's reflecting on it in a way that if it happens, he has to be okay with it, right? He's seen it. He's, he's, he's visualized it. But in his mind, in his heart of hearts, he really does believe he's going to get him out of there because he's done it once. And the one time he hit it didn't take many. He hit him one time and he was able to knock Dustin out with all that buildup. So in his mind, he now feels if I can get one, I'm going to put him out. That's going to make him even more dangerous, especially early as they're, as they're fresh. He's going to be more dangerous because I just don't know if you can say, I'm going to knock a guy out in a minute and ultimately have a lot of respect for him. Can I, I mean, you've been in the spot before where you beat a guy and then had to beat him, you know, a second time, like the Jones fights were different, but like Anthony Johnson, you beat him convincingly and then had to fight him again. Stipe beat him convincingly, had to fight him again. Is there a pressure on a fighter to do something even greater the second time to prove that you're even better than the guy who beat him the first time? Or is that just something that we talk about? No, I think that's from people on the outside. As a four fighter, you just got to try to win, right? You want to win the fight. You want to prepare yourself to fight. You know what's out ahead of you, right? I was, and you're fighting so, so, the, the guys are so dangerous. Rumble Johnson was so dangerous. I was always very aware of who Steve Miocic was. I knew he was dangerous. So, um, you don't, uh, you don't try to top the performance. You try to just, you just try to get the job done again because there's a reason that guy's back there. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a reason he's back there. He didn't just get back there because you guys have history. Dustin Poirier is back against Conor McGregor because after he lost him, he became the interim champion. He's beaten so many great guys, Justin Gaethje. He's beaten uh, Dan Hooker. Eddie he's beaten Max Holloway. He's beaten so many great fighters now that there is a reason that he's back there. 
So he just kind of needs to go out and just win. It cannot be I need to do better than I did before. Dustin, that's where the, that's where the pressure is, right? Because as you said, I went into a fight as the guy that won the first one and had to do it again. I also went into the fight as the guy that lost the first one and was trying to win the second one. And you'll never get an opponent that's more motivated because they feel, especially in that sense, where Dustin got knocked out so fast that if that didn't happen – over 25 minutes or 15 minutes, he would have still beat Connor. And I don't think you can really take that, take from that fight that Connor is just a much better mixed martial artist than Dustin. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't see enough of the fight to know whether or not one guy was much better than the other. Connor is a much better, Connor was a better striker and he obviously has fantastic power on that night to find that shot. But if this thing goes long, then we will know Who's the better kicker? Who's the better puncher? Who's the better wrestler? Who's the better grappler? That's when you figure out who's the better mixed martial artist. Now, if McGregor goes out there and knocks him out again, obviously he's better because then you can't stop the one thing or the one area where you think he can beat you. What What did you think of my uh, my big sit down interview with him? Did you enjoy it? I thought it looked good. You know, mm. I didn't uh, get too deep into it yet. You know, I'm. Oh, I'm, I'm that's weird. So wait, I'm preparing. So I, yeah. I have to like. As, so listen, listen, as a, as a sports, com- listen, yeah. well, <laughs> so listen, well. so as a sports commentator, right. Mm-hmm. As, as a broadcaster, mm-hmm. you have to prepare in segments, right. I had to prepare for last Saturday to show respect to of course. ABC, Calvin, Max Holloway, Calvin Cater. Now I have to prepare for Wednesday to get to Michael Chiesa and give Neil Magny the respect that they so rightfully deserve. And then after that, I can take in all things Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, and everybody else, because then I'm getting ready for Sunday morning to try and prepare and give those guys the 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 the, the credit and the preparation that they deserve. So I have to kind of do it in, in, in sure. sections because this week has just been so maddening. Bro, we had uh, 10 fights on, on Saturday. We have 14 fights on Wednesday. And then I, I haven't even figured out how many fights are on the McGregor card. Yeah, I wasn't talking about like from a, a job standpoint. No, More no, like just but it's everything support. at this point. At this point, yeah. Ariel, everything kind of has to be from a job standpoint because I'm there's serious? just so oh, many. I could guy, technically, if there are twelve fights on the pay per view in one week, I will have prepared for thirty six different fights, two fighters per uh, fight. Yeah, That'll be seventy two fighters. You know, like in 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 one week. So it's kind of difficult. Well, I will take it all in, bro. And I cannot wait to watch. I've seen the clips. You guys look fantastic. It does not look like you were in your office here at home. Um, no, so uh, I'll tell you, you want, you want to know a bit of a backstory. Uh, yeah, so tell me. I leave my house, you know, a lot of people are joking these days. I don't leave my house. Of course. I mean, guys don't fall for the gimmick. All right. <laughs> you know, we're working here. Okay. As, as my friend Booker T likes to say. So I had to go to Astoria Queens and I was told two to 5 a.m. is the window. 2 to 5 a.m. is the window. Now, 2 to 5 a.m. for you in the UAE is 9 to no, nine, 11, 11, 11 to, to 2. two. Yes. So, so there I am, 2 to 5. I mean, I go to bed 10.30 p.m., you know, 11 <laughs> if I'm feeling frisky. You know, I'm not so – <laughs> Put the kids to bed and I'm like, what am I going to do till two? And this could happen at 4.30, right? Like they tell me two to five. So I, I get dressed. I got my nice suit on everything. I go to a story in the middle of the night. I leave my house at, at 12 and then I get the, the word 2.45. 
is when we're shooting for it's so, all right 245 i can live with that and usually you know you do a big interview you want to be all there like you're not doing interviews at 245 in the morning typically right um yeah so i'm in this great place this cool look everything and he showed up at 315 so all things considered not bad you know he had some other stuff to do they they gave me a heads up it wasn't like i was just sitting there the whole time but uh it was you know it was great obviously we didn't get to do it face to face this time uh, i appreciate him you know he he made the offer for me to to come fly out to abu dhabi he felt very bad that i wasn't there that was the thing it was weird like he felt very bad that you know i was missing my first mcgregor fight since the brimage fight but of you course you guys kind of got that cool sell and the ali thing going i were like you guys are kind of because you kind of like a little listen, team there i mean it I seems know. like you, as you as as you elevate him, he elevates you. I, I mean, thought I was the first of the reason Part of the reason you got to a milli, a milli, a milli, a milli, you know, a milli, a milli, a milli is, you know, those relationships, you know. Oh, you like I, I love that one. That's the, move. <laughs> That's the move I enjoyed the most because I don't know what that is. <laughs> but anyway, now, as far as the interview is concerned, a bit of a preview. I thought that I was going to talk to an irritated Conor McGregor, to mm-hmm. an upset Conor McGregor. He fought 40 seconds last year, had big plans, of course, the pandemic. But as we've discussed, he was frustrated. He wanted to come back in November. He wanted to come back in December. The DMs with Dana White, like there was a lot that happened. DC, I got the complete opposite. I got a guy who, number one, didn't want to bring up the past, didn't want to reignite everything. Number two, was as calm and relaxed as can be. You know, usually Conor, you interview him and he's like, you know, he's got the perfect posture and he's like tight and he's just like intense. He was like chilling like this. I've never seen him sit like that. And I know some people might be like, you're looking into it, but no, I think these things matter. His, his son was running around. He just seemed to be in a really relaxed and happy spot. Oh, by the way, he's cutting to 155 for the first time since the Habib fight in October of 2018. I was just really impressed with his state, how calm, cool, and collected he was. And I have to say like, look, who knows what that translates into, but if you're a Connor fan and you watch that and you're wondering, because the narrative last year going to Cerrone fight was, can he come back? The fans have turned on him. He had a horrible 2019. This time it just feels like, all right, this is really going to be the beginning of what I think will be a year where he fights three times. And if that Connor that I was talking to is any indication of the Connor that we're going to get on Saturday, I feel like he's primed for a really, really impressive performance. You know, like I said, I saw the clips. He did seem very relaxed. He seems fit. He looks like he's in very good shape, right? Like real slim. Um, I've heard him talk about um, his nutritious nutrition. Sorry. Tristan Kennedy is a young man. who's yeah, doing great work. Tristan Kennedy, how much he's gotten him uh, locked in in terms of his nutrition and everything. So it seems like everything's in order. No, a lot of the issues with 2019 that Connor had were outside of the octagon, right? Like, the, be- the, the the reason everything can feel better now, because last year was relatively quiet. You didn't hear as much of the stuff. So life starts to get back in order and then you can go back to doing what you need to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a big moment for the kid. You know, the kid has a chance to really look. If Habib fights great, but if Habib walks away, that is big. That is not bigger for anyone more than Conor McGregor. Let's just, let's be truthful. I know Connor wants to fight Habib. He wants to fight him again. And like I've said, I've gone on record. He went to the fourth round. Other guys went to the third and the second. The fight seemed to be getting worse. Like Habib was actually starting to beat people even worse than before. And there were moments where McGregor had some success. But if there is no Habib Nurmagomedov, 
Conor McGregor matches up well with every single fighter in the lightweight division. And I mean, and when you're a star at that level, people may say he might have a small section of people going, well, he never beat Habib. He's not the real champion. When you're Conor McGregor, if you get a hold of that belt, you're going to be the champion. You still become, you'll stay the man and your profile will be as, as raised as it's ever been. Well, that's that's a great segue because right now our friend Chael is talking about how Kevin Lee fits into all of this, but I want to ask you how Habib fits into all of this. You don't, you don't know <laughs> what that you one. Mean? What you do you mean? Know? Oh, that's a no. Classic. What do you mean? Oh, that's a classic Chael meme. Where does Kevin Lee fit into all of this? He's got two. Where does <laughs> Kevin Lee fit into all of this? And also, uh, and that begs the question: just how good is Conor McGregor? You don't know. You don't read the YouTube comments. Oh, they love that. No. They're, gonna, they're, they're loving this right now. I could see them going. You up. read YouTube, and these people are just demolishing you. You better stop. No, they coming. love me. They lo- are you kidding me? I'm like the I'm the prodigal son of YouTube. I mean, I was born <laughs> on YouTube. I mean, my whole career started. Anyway, Kate, you said let's be truthful. Let's be truthful. DC, I'm looking at you eye to eye. All right. From one side of the Atlantic Ocean to the other, if that's even possible. Is that the Atlantic Ocean? Probably not. <laughs> Habib, I know you've seen him. I know you've talked. Give us the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, don't give us this, what we got on Saturday. I'm not, even, I'm not even going there, okay? I'm not even talking about the decision part two, which was worse <laughs> than the first decision with LeBron and, and Stanford at the Boys and Girls Club. I'm not even talking about what that was all about. What's the truth? Where is he at? How's he feeling? I know you've talked. Break it down for us. Let's go. No, none of this. I'm his friend. I didn't ask hey, him. I, this. I, I, this, this. this is crazy. You know what's crazy? I've spoken to Habib every day. Every day when he was in quarantine, before he had the decision, yes. which I thought was fantastic. Stop um, it. Stop great it. television. I mean, it built and it built and it built to the moment that Habib told everyone, maybe, maybe I will fight again. I don't know. It was fantastic. It was, it was. What a payoff. It was drama. It was drama at the highest level. Um. Yes, theater at its finest, right? Yes, theater at its finest. Ariel. We spoke about eating dinner together. We spoke about playing video games. We spoke about American football. We exchanged YouTube videos. But we never once talked about his fighting career. We just don't. What a friend. It's I a, mean, what a horrible it, friend it, you, you know, are. You know what else I did today? I presented him the UFC Honors Submission of the Year. Hmm. That was it. Well, like we you actually gave him the award? I gave, Yeah, I went and gave him the award. He was doing some social media stuff. I came out of my fighter meetings and I gave him the award. And then I gave him a hug and we made plans to have dinner. But we don't. I didn't talk to him about his fight career. Because as I said before, I support whatever that young man does. And if he fights, great. Who I would love to call another Habib fight. But if he doesn't, I support that too. I'll see him when everybody else fights, when, when the camps start taking place at AKA again. We'll just all get back together and have fun as we used to. And that's really what matters, you know? So when you're face-to-face with Khabib Nurmagomedov and then you're about to go tape your show, highly successful, extremely yeah. popular program on the worldwide leader, you don't say, hey, Khabib, We don't need it. Hey, that's the thing. We don't need something. it. We can't be we – can't, we can't start taking our friendships to try to elevate our status as a show. We have to have good information and people have to like you and I also – as we present them that information. We can't rely on anyone else. This is our show. This is DC and Hawaii. And guess what? We are the best thing going, baby. And if you don't like us for us, woo, it's on you. (laughs) We're we're, we're the limousine riding, jet flying duo of ESPN, the tag team broadcasting champions of the world. So yes, I do want and need, we do need to break things. But ultimately we have to be able to stand on 
you and I and not take our friendships to. Okay, so let me say this. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that he hasn't announced his return. As I told you from the beginning, leave the guy alone. His reasons are valid. They're family reasons. Uh, I didn't like the way the whole thing went down on Saturday. But that being said, yeah, come on. I didn't like that. But hey, how about this? I'm not even surprised that the belt isn't on the line because I think a lot of people thought like, hey, he could come back in a year, but let's vacate the title. I'm not even surprised about that. I think they don't want to put the belt on the line on Saturday to make the next one for Connor if he wins, of course, a title fight and hope, hope that it's Habib fighting mm-hmm. Connor McGregor, right? Like, I feel like they're very clear about that. So I'm well, not even surprised the- that nothing happened, that the title wasn't even vacated. And by the well, way, this the- fight doesn't even need a belt, right? Like, no, this fight it doesn't, doesn't need a title. It doesn't need a title. And honestly, if Habib was to vacate and come back, he doesn't need a title. He right. can come back as the challenger and everything could just stay the same. Habib, you're not the champ anymore. Okay. We'll still pay you pay-per-view. We'll still pay you your rate as the champ. It doesn't matter. You're still the guy. So um, we are dealing with two athletes now at 155 pounds that don't really need the belt. Connor doesn't need the belt. Habib doesn't need the belt. They can compete as just athletes and fight. George St. Pierre didn't need the belt. It was great that he had it always, but he didn't need the belt anymore. People are going to watch George St. Pierre. These guys don't need that title, but you're right. Conor McGregor wins. If Conor McGregor wins, tough fight against Dustin Poirier. For sure, for sure. If he gets the job done, he looks impressive. You can go back to Habib and say, hey, dude looks like he's gotten better. You know, what do you think? And if Habib goes, sure, let's do it. Great. Now you got your big fight. Habib says no. You say, hey, Habib, if you do decide to come back, you'll get the first title shot. So if you want to vacate, then go ahead and vacate. But again, we're looking at a guy that fought in what? Did he fight in November or October? October, end of October. November, December. Two months. He fought two months ago. Why would you be Why would you be stripping some guy of a title that fought two months ago? I get it. He said he was retired. But if you're not racing to pull the belt off of him, it's not a big deal. We've seen fighters be champions for a year, two years without defending the belt. So just give it some time. Let him have some time to figure out what he wants to do, especially when he's making so much money doing other things. Guy has a mobile, he has a mobile network now. I mean, he has a a fitness workout app. He's got shoes. He's got watches. He's got businesses. He's a promoter now. He's doing, he's doing, he's so busy that I'm not sure he's even had a moment to sit back and think, Do I want to put all of this on hold and go back into training camp? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is not coming from a place of insider knowledge. This is his gut right now. I don't feel like that fight happens in 2021. I do feel like Khabib will fight one more time. I think he'll try to get the 30. He's still so young. He's taking so little damage that I think at some point he'll say, I'll come back. But I don't think that I think... If, if, again, all due respect to Dustin Poirier, if Connor wins, I think his next fight will be for the belt. And then the question will be, will it be against a, a Chandler Hooker winner? Will it be against Oliveira? Will it be against Diaz? I mean, you know, uh, Connor's pushing for that at 155. There's a lot of options, obviously. Or is the next fight 
the Pacquiao fight. And so let me ask you, he seems intent on making this happen. Do you have any interest in this? Like if Connor looks amazing against Dustin, right? And he's in peak form. Yep. I don't want to see him leave again and go to boxing. Like I know he has <laughs> a dream, but like, we just went through that. Don't you want to see him fight three times in MMA? I'd love to see him fight three times in mixed martial arts, but the reality is this. This young man somehow wills things into existence. He does things that we've never seen before. When Conor McGregor says, I want to fight Floyd Mayweather, we all laughed at him. Like, we're uh, there's no way. There's no way you get to fight the greatest boxer of all time, and you're essentially an amateur. You're zero and zero. What happened? Conor McGregor fought Floyd Mayweather for nine rounds. So if he's telling you that he wants to fight Manny Pacquiao, I wouldn't bet against it because he, he is such a star that any boxer – knowing that they have no bigger there's no bigger draw in boxing than connor outside of canelo canelo can't fight manny pacquiao he's too big right manny fights terence crawford for his greatest t-bud is or he fights errol spence for his greatest errol spence is they still don't they still don't draw the interest that he would draw against conor mcgregor so it's like it's the biggest fight out there for Manny Pacquiao, and I would not be surprised if he's receptive to it um, if Conor decides he wants to fight boxing again. From a, a technical standpoint, the DP who fought Conor back in 2014 compared to this one, obviously mm-hmm. you will say that this one will beat that one, right? But for those that don't have the eye that you have, what's the difference in terms of the fighter? So Dustin Poirier as a fighter is, is much different. I think one of the biggest factors going into this one is that he's not cutting to 145 anymore. Like mm. he was killing himself to get to 145. Now he almost looks like a welterweight. When he steps in there, you see how big he looks. Max Holloway is not a small guy. When he went in there with Dustin, you could see the difference in the frame because Dustin's arms are big. His back is big. He's got unbelievably long arms. Um, he's much more composed inside the octagon. When you fought Dustin Poirier back in the day, he was either going to knock you out or he was going to put so much effort into knocking you out early that as the fight went on, he would not be able to, to sustain it. You saw that in the Korean zombie fight, right? He hit the zombie with everything that he had. And then by the third, fourth round, you saw him start to kind of fade and, and then zombie kind of pulled away, maybe submitted him or something uh, late in the fight. Yep, yep. But now he's so much more composed. He's so much more calm and confident and so much more, uh, experienced at the high level that when things start to turn, he's got an ability to fight his way back in the fights before we didn't see that with Dustin. When he went in, when things would go sideways, he, he never really fought back into the fight, but when he fought Eddie Alvarez the second time, it was going bad for him. Once he got back up, he knocked him out. Justin Gaethje fight. That fight was a little, it was not easy. He dealt with a lot of adversity. He fought his way into a finish. Max Holloway, when he won the interim title, it started to turn around the third round. Max was starting to build. Max was starting to have a lot of success. Dustin fought his way back into the fight and won the later rounds. So I believe that he has just improved not only physically but mentally and understands that even if things go bad, he can work his way back into the fight because he uses the entire uh, 25 minutes to Dan Hooker fight. Yeah. At a point, it looked like Dan Hooker was on his way to a victory, but he fought his way back into that fight and got the job done and looked to be even stronger as the fight ended. 
I can't wait. I, I love all the storylines. I can't wait to see how Dustin looks. I can't wait to see how Connor looks. You know, for us, I was just as excited for the ABC show. I think everyone could tell yeah. and Holloway and all that. But we get a lot of love. We get a lot of attention, especially at ESPN when Connor fights. It, it feels like the yeah. Super Bowl and, and everything it's feels it's elevated. True. And so that's really exciting as well. And, you know, I'll just say this, and I'm sure the internet's going to get so mad at me saying this, but if you strip away everything, just talking about the fighter, I'm not talking about the layoffs. I'm not talking about the controversies. I'm not talking about the fame, just the fighter. Listen to me now. I think that Conor McGregor is one of the most underrated fighters in the history of the sport. He does not get the credit that he deserves for how good he is. Mm, you know, you know, here, as a fighter, here, not the hoopla. Yes, I'm just talking about his no, skills, his it, pure it, skills. Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Because of everything that he encompasses, right? Like they feel like saying he's underrated. Don't, is, don't call me crazy, but I'm talking pure skills. It, no, exactly. I'm saying, but like because of everything that comes with Conor McGregor, they'll think that you're crazy for calling him underrated. But I do believe to a degree people don't understand how skilled this young man is, right? They talk about Jose Aldo and they talk about Dustin Poirier and they talk about all these fights from before. And they talk about how he beat them with his verbal, right? He broke them mentally before they fought, so they made mistakes. Kid sets traps, right? When you see him in the back throwing the exact punch that he hit Aldo with to end the fight, that takes a ton of skill. Um but for me, honestly, the the adjustments made between the Diaz fight the first time mm. to winning the other Diaz fight to the Habib fight, those are the times that I feel like we truly saw Conor McGregor show who he is. Honestly, I think in that fight with Habib, even though he lost, that is where I thought he probably showed how elite he is of a mixed martial artist because Habib shot on him on a number of occasions, missed a couple knees, but the levels at which Habib had to go to, to finish his takedowns, he hasn't really had to do with other people. Habib went to a, a double leg shot, got defended, went off to a high crotch, tried to crack him down, kind of sprawled. Habib started to get the corner. He went to four different finishes before he took him down. And even the takedown that ended the fight, he got to the single leg. He tried to move McGregor. McGregor defended. He had to go to the head on the chest, step across with the foot to knock him down to get the side of the octagon. Habib was just changing levels and going from the one level to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, until eventually he was taking him down. You don't see that much in an Omega Metal fight. And I think watching those improvements he made in the wrestling showed me that for as good as his stand-up is and um, his confidence and his ability, dudes as elite as they come. By the way, are they in the same hotel, Habib and Connor? What are we doing? Yeah, about they are. This? They are. Well, what's they going are. on? What are we going mean, to do? McGregor, so McGregor got here today, which is Monday. Yeah. Now he's obligated to do a 48 hour quarantine, yeah. right? If he, I don't know what time he arrived here, but his quarantine may take him through Habib going to the arena for Umar's fight. So the risk of them coming together isn't very uh uh it's Hi. not very likely yeah um once khabib goes to umar's fight at the arena he will then come to the hotel and then leave okay to go back to vegas to help islam and those guys prepare so uh then the rest of the week it's just mcgregor here not habib so connor got here so late that after his 48-hour quarantine 
um, Habib probably will be out of the hotel already. Okay. Well, like I said, uh, Wednesday, card headlined by Neil Magny versus Michael Chiesa. Saturday, UFC 257. Uh, the main card, Marina Rodriguez against Amanda Hibas. Matt Frivola against Ottoman Azaitar. Jessica I against Joanne Calderwood. And, of course, the two big ones, Dan Hooker against the former Bellator lightweight champion Michael Chandler, making his long-awaited UFC debut going up. Uh, against one of the top guys at 155 and Dan Hangman Hooker. And then, of course, the main event, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor, too. We have so much coverage coming your way over at ESPN. I mean, just take a look at this, DC, on Tuesday. And I want to remind everyone, there's still a couple slots left. Helwani Island 2, bit.ly, 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 slash Helwani Island 2, all Lowercase. It's going to be very late for you, so I'm not going to bother you with this one. But you know who'll be joining me on the virtual VVIP special edition of the Hawani Show? Our good friend uh, Chael, because you just about started. You and Chael show at the no, at no, the no, beginning. No. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know you miss him. Chael My is God. It Chael. My God, bam, bam, Baklava. Action Bam, bam, Bakliba. I knew it. I, I was like, oh, here it goes. The, the only time you smile that wide is when you something to do with Action Bronson. That's so, my yeah, guy. of course, it's you Action Bronson. Guy's lost like almost 200 pounds. He's like really? A you see him? Yeah, he looks legit like, 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 like a heavyweight at this point. Anyway, he'll be joining me. So if you want to be a part of it, trivia as well, bit.ly slash Helwani Island 2. Sign up. It's free. Wednesday. Very exciting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is, this is the one. This is the announcement. Can I do it? Go ahead, go ahead. <coughs> oh God. Wednesday. Yes. Wednesday. Hit the time. I'll say Wednesday, you say the time. Yeah. Nine, nine to eleven PM Eastern time. Nine to eleven PM Eastern time. Guess what it is? It is DC and Helwani. We go back to radio, baby. Where it We're all started. Radio. National radio for DC and Hell. Let's do that one. Boom. And we talk about mixed martial arts. We talk about everything. DC and Helwani go back to radio. Remember the first time? I mean, it yes. was a classic show. One of the greatest radio shows in ESPN history. ESPN radio history. That's what that we're was told. one of the greatest shows in ESPN radio history. We try to recreate that this Wednesday. So make sure you guys tune in. We can't wait. The call. Remember the last time, Ariel? I mean, yeah. all the red buttons. I mean, calls yeah. over calls over calls. We couldn't even get to all of you. We'd like to have that problem again. Yes. So that's what's fun about this. We'll be live on ESPN Radio, coast to coast. You can listen to it online, wherever you may be overseas. But we'll be taking calls. So if you want to talk yes, to us will. finally after a year of doing this show and have your say, uh, you know, we'll take your calls. We'll also talk a little, you know, maybe we'll talk a little Bills, a little, you know, Knicks, Rockets, a little Saints, yeah. you know, big game coming hey, up on Sunday. We'd also guys. like to talk, guys, all the questions you want to know about Dahlia. <laughs> you want to know about Dahlia? You want to know more about those things? You want to know more about Helvani. when Ariel got tricked by Ariel Halvani? Yes. You know, when you want to, if you want to know all about all those great moments on the show's history, we will be there on Wednesday taking those calls and doing whatever. <gasps> that is a move right there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a move. But there's more. There's more. Wednesday and Thursday. Two Ariel and the bad guys on ESPN Plus. They're making me do this. I'm sorry. And by the way, I don't feel bad when I do this. You go on freaking ABC every week. You go on ESPN. You never mention me. So I don't feel bad about this anymore. I mean, you pretend like I totally don't exist. Uh, Weigh-in show this Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus. UFC Live, which I think you'll be on uh, yes, this Friday at 5. You don't mention me there either. And, of course, I'll you can buy the there. pay-per-view I'll on 
Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. On ESPN Plus pay-per-view. And there's more. Saturday, UFC Live again at 2 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Then there's a special Iron the Bad Guy at 5.30 Eastern. Then there's another Helwani show on ESPN Radio DC for three hours, 7 to 10, live on Saturday (laughs) during the fights. So I urge everyone, turn down the commentary and listen to me. Just joking, just joking, just joking. Oh, come on. (laughs) Come on, man. I'm over there just serenading them. I'm Tony Romo in just about everything. I Tony Romo two fights on Saturday. I Tony Romo the the Buckley fight. I Tony Romo the Lee Jingliang, Lee Lee, uh, Lee Jingliang fight too. So, hey, I'm out there Tony Romo and stuff. You're killing it. I mean, I feel it. I feel the confidence. You're, you're you're coming into your own. Some might say it's because of your great work on this program that has sort of translated into great performances on television. So versatile, too. Working with Dan Hardy, you're working with Paul Felder, with Anik, Fitzgerald. I mean, it's just, you're like a Swiss Army knife. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, appreciate, I appreciate that, my brother. I appreciate that, my brother. And so I hope we've lifted your spirits today after your very sad night. I mean, I saw the look on your face. You were distraught. You were devastated. But here we are, the DC and Hawani family. I'm going back, I'm going back to the room, and I'm going to just tuck myself under the cover. You know, like, <laughs> it, it ain't over. I can put on a, a smile for an hour. So a few days left, UFC 257. Again, we'll talk to you many times throughout the week. But for now... We are out of time. And of course, if you want to sign up, please do bit.ly slash Hawani Island 2. And thank you very much to DraftKings and to our entire crew. And DC, be safe out there, all right? Oh, man, I got you. I got you. Okay. I keep my mask on. I'm not wrestling everywhere. Good. You know, it's... Uh, None of that. It's, uh, yeah. Tell I'm Max I say hi. Congratulations as well. The best will, is still I blessed. Will. I will definitely report that back to the blessed era. The blessed express has once again left the station. Choo-choo. <laughs> Hop aboard. Hop aboard. Choo-choo. The blessed express has left the station again. Back next week. Same time and place. Until then, we say peace. We're out of here. All right, so that was this week's episode of DC and Hawani. Fun time as always, but as promised, we got a little something something for you guys on the back end. Here is my conversation that we just talked about that happened in the middle of the night last week with the one and only Conor McGregor. He was in Dubai at his palace over there. I was in New York in Astoria, Queens, and it was great to talk to him. Our first on-camera interview since his win over Donald Cerrone back in January of last year, January 18th to be exact, so exactly a year ago. So much to discuss as far as what happened last year, why he didn't fight more, the ups and downs, and of course his big plans for 2021. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the one and only Conor McGregor. Conor, it's good to see you again. It has been a while since we last spoke. Thank you for doing this. Good to see you, Ariel. Thank you. Good, good to be on. Uh, obviously, different circumstances. You're in Dubai getting set for UFC 257. I'm here in New York, but always great to talk to you before your fights. And I actually want to start uh, the last time we spoke on camera. It was moments after you beat Donald Cerrone in Las Vegas. We're in the locker room. You're very happy. You're excited, but you're not overly excited. You're just kind of satisfied, but you obviously had very big plans for 2020. And much like the entire world, those plans changed. And so after everything you experienced this past year, I'm just curious off the bat, how would you describe your 2020? As always, Ariel, we focus on the positive side. Uh, you know, I had a great 2020, I had a great performance. I opened the show, highest pay-per-view, highest gate, fastest main event knockout. Um, 
an extravagant blockbuster event that set the UFC off on a trailblazing run. And I'm very, very happy about that, very proud of that. As you said, I was, you know, satisfied, but not, you know, overly, overly satisfied. I was ready to continue. Um, it didn't go that way. It is what it is. I still have that inside me now. I'm still ready to go. I've kept up my preparations. And um, we're back, and I'm very happy to be back. 2021, we're going to replicate this. You know, again, I'm starting the year, first pay-per-view of the year, and I'm very excited about that. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, at the, at the very early stages, I'm talking March, April, it almost felt like you were taking it upon yourself to be a ray of light for, in particular, your country. You know, you were almost doing these presidential addresses. You were going out and donating uh, a ton of equipment to hospitals and whatnot. It really felt like you were taking this on your shoulders. Is that accurate? And if so, why did you feel that you had to do that? You know, there was just, there was elements of, of, of worry in there, Ariel, you know, I, I, my, my family, my, my, my friends, you know, everyone got that I hold dear to, to myself. And, you know, I just wanted, I just, I just wanted us to be on the ball with this and not let this get out of hand and get a hold of it. And that's it. I, I put myself forward in every way, shape or form that I could. And, uh, and that was it, you know, it was out, it was just out of you know, a touch of worry for, for my people. I wanted to I wanted to put myself forward and, you know, help guide us or steer us in the right way from what I was, uh, what I, from the studying I was doing on, online, you know, I, I, I was delving deep into it. And, you know, it was a crazy time. And, you know, it still is, you know, we're still not out of it. It's actually, it's almost like a re-return of it. It's rampant again and this, that and the other. It's, I feel like, I feel like we've a we've a tough year ahead again. I think we we all got to just stay stay the course here, and I I feel twenty twenty two is when we're going to break out of it. Is when we're going to emerge from it fully. You know, you know we we are learning so much about it as the time goes goes by. Obviously, the vaccines are being rolled out and this that, this type of thing. So there's there are many positives uh, on the horizon, but I still think it's going to be a tough year ahead. But like I said, it will lead into a great 2022. And, you know, I'm just happy to be back in competition form, start the year 2021, take people's minds off of, of what's going on around the world and give them a great show and a great match. So speaking of, you know, taking people's minds off of what's going on around the world, once the UFC came back in May and once it seemed like they were able to put on events in a, a safe and healthy way, were you back home saying to yourself, you know, there was talk, uh, a McGregor card in July with no sports going on across the world. That would probably do over 2 million buys, people were speculating. You versus Nate, Fight Island, things like that. Were you starting to get those competitive juices flowing? And were there ever any serious talks about you coming back a heck of a lot sooner than you are right now? Uh, Ariel, come on, man. There was a lot, a lot of talks about me coming back. I was so eager to come back. I wanted to come back. The Tuesday after the fight against Cerrone, I had that meeting with Lorenzo and Dana, and you know, the conversation was, "What's what do we do now? What's next?" There, you know, there didn't really seem to be. What was the next bout? We couldn't. We had not got the answer at that at that dinner, and you know, it just didn't. It didn't come to to fruition. I was eager. I was trying to get things moving, and it just didn't happen. What you know, with all the circumstances surrounding it the year and what went down it just went the way it went and it is what it is i feel now you know i have transformed my body into a lightweight uh, frame again 
I've done it healthily. I, I'm full of energy. I'm full of full of vitality, and I'm ready to ready to showcase myself at 155 pounds, um, at my absolute best. And I'm very excited about that. Doing that also opens up many more options for me. You know, there's there's many uh, lightweight contenders, and you know, there's many options. I've even heard Nate is coming back down to 155, which is an exciting one. Obviously, you've got there's boxing escapades and things. I think I don't think what happens. What happened last year will happen this year. And I've kept that fire going throughout 2020, 2020. And I'm excited to continue it into 2021. And of course, I want to ask you about some of those options. But there's so many unanswered questions about last year because it did appear like you were in great shape and ready to go. And so could I ask, you know, UFC 250 that night in June after Amanda Nunes defends her title, you retire once again online. Could you explain now maybe some months removed it felt like it came out of frustration. It felt like you, you had just kind of had enough and you needed a break. Now that it's, it's removed, why did you do that? And do you regret, quote unquote, retiring? You know, I'll probably never retire from the game, to be honest. I'll always be, I'll always, I'll be competing for a long, long time yet. So, you know, there's just, it, it is certainly brought out of frustration. You know, when you're trying to get these events going, you're trying to get things moving and it's just not happening you're 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 getting you know you're getting sh it felt like I was shelved almost you know I felt like if I'd have been ran out a couple more times that year not only would my you know would my would my skill set and my sharpness everything be in tune a lot more we'd also be talking the goods of 800 million dollars in revenue toward for the company and you know it just it, it was certainly out of frustration but it is what it is. The past is the past. We're in a great spot now. We've all, I felt, I, I felt like I've got what I needed to get off my chest, and I felt like it's it's been re reciprocated well, and it's come back. You know, there's the other side has come back as well. So I'm in a great spot, and I'm excited to come back. And that's what that's what we're at. We're focusing on the positive side of it, and we're focusing on the future. Obviously, the the next question that makes the most sense is how would you describe your relationship with Dana White now? Me and Dana have always had a great relationship throughout the years. I, I, I believe it's more, even more so than a fighter promoter. You know, we've gone and we've done amazing things together. Obviously, it's high stakes, high pressure business. Uh, you know, we were at loggerheads, probably the most we've ever been in 2020. I felt some things were wrong. I don't, you know, that were done towards me. I done some things wrong for sure. So, you know, it is what it is. We, we got it off our chest and, you know, we're back to where we're at and I'm very happy with that. I've got a lot of admiration for Dana, what he done in 2020 against all odds was quite admirable. And, you know, I would have loved him to have been a part of it more, but it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm happy that I started it, uh, started the year, launched it. And I'm also happy that I, that I got all the records of the year. So, you know, we came through it and we're in a great place now and, you know, here we are. There's many, many great things ahead. And, and so, you know, he said also recently that you're in a great place. Do you feel like that storm is behind, you know, I think you're referring to maybe the, the DMs, which is something that he, he, didn't, he didn't like, he didn't appreciate you released. Yeah, you know, it wasn't, you know, I, 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 the worst thing, I don't know about that now, you know, but I was more, at that time when I was putting that out, obviously there was frustrations because I was campaigning for a fight and it was like I wasn't campaigning for a fight and I was a bit upset with that. So, you know, but then me putting them out was, it was around the time Diego had given me a lot of respect and, and, and in, in the media and he had just had a fight and a victory. And I wanted to show my respect and say, Diego, I am actually looking for a bout against you also. I, I have no problem competing against you. You know, I understand Diego may be on the tail end of his career and, and, and this, that and the other. 
but it wasn't like it was just a one and all. It was like it was part of a collection of bouts I was looking for. I wanted activity. I must, you know, and I'm a competitor and a competitor needs activity. So it is what it is. It went the way it went and, you know, all, all in the past. Once we got to the fall, that's when, you know, this fight with Dustin started to percolate. It didn't really seem like the Poirier rematch was on the radar. And, and, and you even said in the past, like, you know, you beat Aldo in 13 seconds, you beat him in a minute 46. It's kind of hard to replicate that performance. So you were looking for new options. And it kind of really started online, right, with the, the offer to do the, uh, the sparring match for charity in Dublin. And then just all of a sudden, it's like, okay, we're talking about Dustin versus Connor too. From your perspective, how did we end up with your return fight being against Dustin Poirier of all people? You know, it went the way it went, and I was just, I was just trying to get some competition going, something, something popping. You know what I mean? I was, I was trying, I was finding it hard to get something going, and you know, I went about it the way it went. I went about it, and I got it going. They set up this great event for for me here in, in Fight Island, and I'm very happy with how it came about. I'm excited to get in and compete against Dustin. I think he's, I think he's a top this division for sure. You know, he has knockout wins over Justin. Uh, you know, he beat Hooker. He's, you know, he, he's a phenomenal, uh, he's a former champion in the division also. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy to be back at 155 pounds also. It, it went perfectly well and I'm very excited to be back just about the, just on the cusp of it. I, I saw you say recently that you're going to knock him out in less than 60. And I, and I find that that proclamation in particular to be very interesting because that would be less than obviously the first fight. Do you feel pressure to do something even more spectacular than the first fight? Do you need to finish him quicker than the first time around? You know, it's certainly, it's certainly a different bout when you face a man twice, right? It should be. It should be a more difficult bout to face a man a second time. So in that scenario, I must do it better. And I'm going to aim to do it better. And I'm, I'm highly confident the shots I will need to land will be... Will be hit home inside that first 60 second mark if Dustin can withstand them um, more power to him I know he's hoping it's a war and a dragged out war back and forth I'm actually excited about that also I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against that I'd actually I'd actually love that I would actually relish a war uh, with Dustin so if he can if he can withstand the shots and get a pop and let's get it going let's stand in there and let's fight so I, I just foresee I just foresee my shots landing early and that's it you would prefer a war over a 60-second fight? Uh, yeah, I probably would, to be honest. I probably would. You know, I, it's, yeah, I would. I want to compete. I, need to, I wanna rack, up my, my, rack up the clock, you know, get, get some time in there. Um, what's a war to him and what's a war to me are two different things. You know, it's, if he can last, he can last, but it's, it's not, you know, it's... It's going to be a smooth one for me, to be honest, Ariel. You know, I know, I know Dustin's a good, a good fighter, but I'm the double greatest. The whole mood of this fight, the build-up of the fight, drastically different than the first time around. No trash talk. There seems to be great mutual respect. You're even pledging to donate to his charity, the Good Fight Foundation. Uh, what do you make of that? You know, I, I spoke to uh, Ally Quinta when this fight was first made. He said, oh, Dustin's already lost the fight. You know, he's kind of just happy to be there. And I've heard this from other people. I'd like to fight, I'd like to fight Ally Quinta at some stage. I'd like to fight Ally. I, I don't know. I'd just like to fight him. I'd like to fight Ally. He said a few things. And, you know, I actually like Ally. I think he's a funny guy. Yeah, real estate agent and all. I think that's even funny in itself. And, I, you know, his team... Ha 
he has his little team, Longo and those guys. I, I'd like to fight Al. Uh, but as far as... Um, I'd like to fight them all, to be honest. I don't care. This is the thing with me and all these other guys. Wins and losses and all this, it means nothing to me. If you're scheduled to fight a man and you've gone through build-up and there's, there's history and all of this, a fight is a fight and fights must take place. Some of these fakes, you know... Uh, you know, if you look at like the Tony and Khabib fight, that that was scheduled to fight five times, and that that's a fight. Every fight is different, regardless of anything. Every fight between every man is different, and if fights are to take place, they must take place. You know what I mean? You can't scurry away and not 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 get the fights in that you were supposed to fight. That's my opinion of it. And you know, I don't care how many wins or how many losses you have; it means nothing to me. I fought, I fought unbeaten everything in in different sports and all. You know. Uh, I would fight anyone, you know, and if you want to fight someone and you're supposed to fight them, they should happen, so. As far as this one being a lot more respectful and this, we're more mature, myself and Dustin, we're both fathers and we've come through a lot, uh, you know, he, we both are engaged in much philanthropic efforts, I know he has, he, he's doing a great thing with, with the Good Fight Foundation, and, and even, even, you know, how could I not respect Dustin, one for that, and two for how he handled the last loss and how he came back and how he rose up and became a champion, that's that's admirable in my book, and I'm very excited to get in and compete uh, with him. And you know, especially as I get older in, in life, I am, you know, I feel it's our duty as human beings to give back. I think we've all got to give back in this in, in this world. And as I'm getting older, right, I have so much admiration for the coaches and the trainers and the teachers because if you think about it, they dedicate. They are. It's all volunteer work. You know, they dedicate their time to help train the youth and guide the youth, you know. And I have so much admiration for that. I know, growing up, I would never really think of, like, the coaches or, or anything in that way, that these people are actually taking time. They've got their own families, they've got their own things, but here they are dedicating their time to help coach and train the youth and give them an outlet, a much-needed outlet, especially in this day and age. So I want to go back and support that. I'm going to support people to support people. You know, support support these these gyms and these these places, and that's that's what my aim will be for this part of my life. Yeah, and I give you a lot of credit for what you've done with the the SBG gym um, in 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 Ireland, of course, one of the branches of of your team, and and of course with the hospitals. Like I said, it's as far as philanthropic work, it's been a great year for you, um, and I think people need to recognize that and, and give you the proper credit for that part in the pun uh, because you have done a lot of great things over the past year for your community. Um, getting back to the fight, if I can, first time fighting at 155 since the Khabib fight. Uh, how do you feel right now as we approach almost a week out? And, and you know, how do you think the weight cut is going to be as we approach weigh-ins next week? It, it has been the greatest camp, the greatest weight uh, transition I've ever I've ever endured you know and it's not even enduring I'm just I'm embracing it my frame is is light I'm a I'm a true lightweight frame now I'm zippy I'm fast I'm powerful you know I've maintained I have not only maintained strength I've actually gone up in, in strength and power uh, the weight is on point as it's ever been and I'm very excited you know heart once you're fully committed things are easy it's that simple hard things become easy when you commit yourself fully. And that's what I've done. So I'm very excited to get in and showcase myself at 155 pounds, fully focused. Back in October, when Khabib suddenly retired, everyone thought, including myself, that this fight would be for the belt. It seemed like a natural, this would be for the vacant title. 
Are you surprised and or disappointed that it's not for the title? Not surprised, not disappointed. I, I feel it should be for the title also. Um, I mean, you know, I feel it should be for the title, but I'm not surprised, not disappointed. It is what it is. With the way the year went, I don't think I was going to get, I was going to walk into a title shot straight away, you know. So it is what it is. I'm happy to be back here and I look forward to getting in and competing on the night. Just curious, why, why do you think it's not for the belt? You know, when Cejudo retired, they instantly made a vacant title fight. Why do you think this one isn't for a belt? Mm, yeah, you know, I, who, who knows? You know, I was stripped of the featherweight belt before even getting an offer of a, of a featherweight fight. You know, I barely, even got the I barely even got the second belt in the octagon in, in New York that time. You know, it is what it is. Uh, I suppose Habib and, and, and the death of his father, and, you know, we, they give the, the time and, and, and so on. And, you know, I think that's admirable also. I think the time is is now though, you know, I think it, this could well, it's well past and I feel this should be for the belt. If it's not, no problem. I'm looking to have an active year. I'm looking to compete and, you know, I am the champion. Do you know that the unified title was never crowned? The unified title was never crowned that time in October 2018. The, Habib fled the cage and left me fighting with his family members in the cage. The, the, the post-fight ceremony was never, never took place. So, you know, I still feel like I am the champion here and, and I will go in and prove that. I'll prove that with my performances and, you know, time will, time will show. The, the cream always rises to the top and the world is about to see it. Do you think Habib fights again? I think he's afraid to fight me, that's for damn sure. You know, and I don't blame him. I know everything, I know exactly what to face. He, I fought the best of him on that night, he fought the worst of me on that night. He knows it, I know it, his team knows it. I have the answer to destroy that man, so... You know, he can he can pull the wool over over people's eyes for only so long. So, you know, it is what it is. I know there's surrounding things regarding the family and that. And you know, if he's retired and that's it, I wish him well. And it is what it is. But I uh, I am who I am, and I am at the top. You know, so time will show. Do you think he retired because he didn't want to fight you? Is that what you are essentially saying? Uh, yes. I would say so. Now there, you know, I, I think his hand was shown. He's not a true fighter, in my opinion. You know, how could you, how could you, how could you walk away? There's so many great fights to be had. You know what I mean? Like, the, think of the Diaz's, the Ferguson's. You know, there's so many wild fights. The Oliveira's. The you know, the, the rematch against me. I think it's just preposterous to walk away. I think it's, I think he just not only did he on the bus. I think he on the chips also. I think he showed his hand. But then at the same time, you know, there is family issues, and you know. It is what it is, so all the best. Dana White has been very clear about the fact that he wants to see the rematch. Mm -hmm. Do you think the rematch happens in 2021? I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. I would like it to. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I, I, wonder, I, wonder, I wonder what he's going to say. You know, he, like I said, he can only pull over the wall over someone's eyes for so long. You know, Dana probably, you know, could have take, could have stripped the belt from him that night. You know what I mean? All that stuff, all that, all that, uh, all that was put into him for that event. The the pay per view flopped, and then a retirement. You know, it's, you know, how, how long? How long will it last? It doesn't last that long in this business. You know, it's a what have you done for me lately business, and the clock is ticking for sure. So we'll see what happens. Is it true there was an offer on the table for you guys to be the coaches on The Ultimate Fighter and then fight at the end of that? Dana had said something to me 
you know, I, I don't think he was going to be up for it. I would have been up for it, no problem. I'd actually, I know, I know the ultimate fight is about to take place soon. I'd be up to come, I'd be up to coaching on that also. You know, to showcase a different version of me from a coaching standpoint would be an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, journey, and I'd like to do it. So we'll see what happens. Dana did mention it to me, I didn't, but I was skeptical where, uh, of the other side's agreement to it. You know, you know they don't want it, Aria. Let's be real. Is it still an option, or you haven't, you haven't talked about it? In a while? I haven't talked about it since now, but I, I would still be open to it. Whoever they'd want it against, I would still be open to it. I'm sure, look, there's so many, there'll be a lot of conversations to be had as this thing, as this thing shapes out, and I'm very excited about it. If it all goes well on the 23rd, I, I would imagine, because you, you were very clear that you had the season in mind for 2020. You wanted to fight at least three times. Could you map out your ideal 2021 for us? Can you give us, you know, just like you did at that press conference in Russia, uh, you know, towards the end of 2019, you kind of mapped out 2020. Unfortunately, plans changed. The floor is yours. Can you map out the perfect 2021 for Conor McGregor? You know, I don't... That didn't work out so well the last time. So let's just say competition. That's it. Just competition is what I'm after here. You know, good competition. And, and you know, that's it. Get my full sharpness. Although I have been having behind closed doors competitions, I have a 32-foot full-spec UFC cage in my, in my house, in my back garden, that I've been having full-on fights in. So, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm not, it's not like my sharpness is not there, but, you know, under those lights, it is slightly different. So I just want to be kept busy. I want, I want competition. So I hope so. Would it be fair to say you want to fight at least three times, though, this year? Three to four, yes. Okay. And what about Manny Pacquiao? Because you mentioned that last year when we spoke, and then those talks seemed to heat up. How real is the possibility of that fight happening in a boxing ring this year? I, I think it's very, very a very high probability that it happens this year, when I'm not so sure, maybe, to, maybe towards the end of it. Um, it. I suppose it's all going to depend on what's presented to me afterwards. I know the talks are amplifying. And I am, I, am, I am ready for that bout also. You know, it's a boxing world title on the line. I am, like I said, I've trimmed down to, the, to this frame. And let's see what happens. I know there are many great options. There was talk about Nate Diaz coming back to 155. You know, you got Hooker and uh, Chandler competing in the home. And I'm interested to see what they, those guys do on, on the night. I know they're very excited about it and they're going to come for it. You've got Gagey and Oliveira. You've got, you know, you've got plenty of options. So let's see what happens. Um, you know, there's a lot of people coming for you, uh, people calling you out, as always. That's, that's not a new thing. But I have noticed, and perhaps this is a part of the maturation, that uh, you don't always take the bait anymore. Maybe four years ago, you're applying within seconds, right? You, if someone's calling you out, you're applying. But you're not always taking the bait these days. Is there, yeah, is no, this a I'm sign of... Yeah, no, I'm certainly in a different point in my life. You know, I'm, I'm the whale, Ariel. The whale doesn't... The whale doesn't react to bait, you know, the fish react to the bait. So, um, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm in a different point in my life. I appreciate, um, I appreciate good competition. I appreciate respect and I appreciate people that are going to bring it, you know. I, I, yeah, that's it. I am where I'm at, I'm at and that's it. Uh, have you already talked to the UFC about, and with all due respect to Dustin, of course you don't want to look past him, but if all goes well, is there already kind of like a plan for what the next fight and when the next fight will happen? 
you know, there has been no discussions on that. There's been no discussions on that. So, you know, like I said, it's all, I'd imagine it, it will all take place possibly in the dressing room post-fight. Okay. Do, do you have an opponent in mind? I, I am, the opponent does not matter. It could be absolutely anyone on the roster. It could be anyone in any sport. So all options, I, I, am, I am available. Let's see how... Let's see how the next couple of fights and the next dates and these type of things play out and, and we'll, we'll go with what's, what's the best. You know, last year when we spoke, uh, you raised a lot of eyebrows when you spoke about, I'm not drinking this camp, I've been very good, and I think we saw the performance, you know, it, it, it certainly felt like it all made sense that, you know, the way you were treating your body, taking it seriously, it led to a great performance. Has it been more of the same this time around? Yeah, it has been more of the same. You know, I certainly had, you know, when you're cutting weight, you've got to, you know, to, to think some of the times when I was cutting weight and I was drinking my whiskey heavy, you know, and you're on limited calories and then you're doing heavy training sessions. It's just, it's not a good mix. So I done it for the Cowboy Cerrone fight when I didn't have to cut weight. This time I, I had, I had, you know, I was, I was following a strict nutrition plan. So I've been, I've been off of my liquid um, as much as as difficult as that is, uh, but I have been off it throughout this entire camp. Now, granted, I had a little sipple over the Christmas, you know, but that was very, very small, just a little, just to wet the lips and to see how my creation is blossoming, and it is blossoming beautifully. So I've stayed strict as I can be this camp, and I'm looking forward to my post-fight uh toast my post-fight whiskey i will raise the glass you know it's, it's actually early morning in in abu dhabi as you know the fight will take place i believe i'll be making my walk maybe 9 a.m so i'm going to have an irish coffee a proper irish coffee after the the fight and i've been craving pank usually throughout throughout uh you know weight weight changes or weight cuts you begin to crave certain foods i'm cr uh, i'm craving american style pancakes so i'm going to have a nice big plate of american style pancakes and a proper irish coffee post fight and i'm looking forward to that and speaking of the united arab emirates um i think maybe you know there were some questions oh how are they going to receive connor given your past with habib how has it been for you over there you know my situation with Habib is it's strictly personal between myself and himself. It's not to do with any uh, anything else, regardless of what certain individuals try and try and claim. You know, I have been treated very well here. I've very, the people here have been amazing to me. It's very hospitable. It's not my first time fighting in the region. Also, I've competed in Amman Jordan before, and I'm very excited to be back. It's been it's been great to be here in Dubai, and I'm very excited to get to Abu Dhabi. And just relish in, in in the culture and just enjoy the 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 experience. I'm enjoying it immensely immensely so far. Uh, you will be fighting in front of fans. One of the first fights in a very long time in front of fans, uh, but a very small size, right? Two thousand or so. They said. Do you like that idea? Were, was a part of you kind of relishing the idea of the empty arena? Yes. Yes. yes that's that's it. Because I was like, I almost got it. I almost made it. I almost got a silent arena, and I would have loved that. Because I had hit, I had hit Dana up, and I was like, "Are we in the arena or are we in the marquee?" And we were in, we're in the Etihad Arena, the big gold arena. So I was very excited about that. And then I was thinking, "Wow, we're going to be in this big arena, and there's not going to be a, there's not going to be any crowd. It's going to be the echo of the shots." 
I was very excited to showcase my velocity and my power and my, my you know, my tenacity in there and, and have that broadcast all across the world. And then to also hear it my own self. Um, but we almost made it. We didn't make it. You know, there's going to be a couple of thousand fans in. But still, my power and a couple of thousand fans, it will still translate. It will be like there is still no one in the arena. So I'm very excited to let my shots fly on the night and let the world know where I'm at with my, with my power. How do you think this does on pay-per-view? Do you have a number in mind? Jeez, I think it's going to be a high one. I'd say 1.8, 2 million. 1.6, 1.8 maybe. You know, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a good one though. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Let's see what happens. A blockbuster success, no doubt. It always is, Ariel. You know that. The excitement always builds around around it. And I'm honoured to come back and entertain the people, give them a good fight, a good showcase, a good performance. You know, and in the midst of all this that's going on, it's an honour for me to do that. If it does 1.8, how much do you walk away with? You know, I'll have to check that out. Um, I'm not hurting for it, that's for sure. So, um a, a nice healthy number. I think last time you told me you were targeting like around 80 and that... Uh, yeah, raised, you know, the are, second paywall, there's the second paywalls and that I didn't quite get to there. I got, I didn't get, you know, I got okay. You know, you could, there could be an argument for, hey, I could be on a little bit more, you know, considering what I bring. I think that's not, that's not against, I think that's not out of the question for me, you know, for me to bring that up. But I'm happy where I'm at. I've got my, I've got my, I've got my contract. I've got my fights left, and I'm eager to just get get them going. So, I'm happy where I'm at. And you know, Connor, last year when I when I spoke to you, uh, you know, I, I asked you about uh, the allegations and things like that, and you almost got mad at me for asking. And I understand why why you felt that way. But you know, we've seen a, a maturation and an evolution of your character and the stuff that you're doing in your community and whatnot. And it's just amazing. Like those who have followed your trajectory and your career. It's just really been an amazing thing. I was watching the documentary and just to see how much you've changed and you've become a father. And by the way, congratulations on the third coming along and the engagement. Just to see all this, you've allowed us to watch all of this. Have you learned lessons about, you know, not, you know, having people around you to protect you and to be, you I've know, con- I've to not, gone through not- some I've gone through some heinous things, Ariel, against me, you know, and it's been, it's been... It's been beyond tough, you know. But what what doesn't what doesn't what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, you know. What doesn't break you makes you, and that's it. I just there was times I was at my absolute end, you know. I just, but I I held firm. I had, I have my family around me. I have my team around me, and 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 of course I have the support of my fans and that that were just keeping me in there, and you know. It made me. It made me stronger, and that's it. I, I I continue to go forward, and I will continue to go forward, and that's it. You know, it's life is a lesson. You know, and it's you know when you get in this spotlight and um, you're in this position, it's like there's a bullseye on your back, and it's kind of hard to take at some sometimes. You know, but it is what it is, and I live a good life, and I'm very very happy. I'm very grateful to be in this position. And although there are negatives that come with it, I focus on the positives and take all the lessons and move forward. And it's certainly shaped me into a better individual, and I'm thankful for that. Lastly, uh, it's great to see Connor Jr. posing and mimicking you and by the cage and all that. Are, are you sensing, like, 
Is this inevitable? Is he going to be, is he going to be a fighter in about twenty years? If he he will certainly be skilled as a fighter. You know, he he already is skilled as a fighter. He's got phenomenal punching power. He's got phenomenal kicks and dexterity in his legs. You know, my wrestling coach Sergey has a young son Albert who's a phenomenal wrestler, and he he's he he loves that. He loves he loves Albert. He's an older kid, and they're always wrestling together. So. He, you know, he's going through all the disciplines and he's loving them. It's not like I'm trying to put them onto him. You know, as time goes on, will he want to compete? Will he want to, you know, get in and do it? I'm not sure, but he will certainly be skilled to do so. And it's all he sees at the minute. He sees his father wake up early. He, see, he sees his father following a strict nutrition plan. He sees his father go to work and go to train. He's watched at cage side. And, you know, I'm sure that's going to have an effect on him and we'll see. Whatever my son or my any of my children want to do, I, they have my full support and full backing. Uh, and that's it. He's certainly a force to be reckoned with whatever whatever he decides, that's for sure. As is my daughter and as is as will be my next child in, in the coming months. Uh, your, your fans look forward to these chats. I, I look forward to them as well. They've become ritual. Uh, they've been bothering me, asking me if we're going to do it again, knowing that, unfortunately, I'm not there. Um, Why can don't I give you, you this out? opportunity? Why do you don't want... you come out? Uh, you know, it's uh, travel restrictions and whatnot. It's the first one I miss since Brimage. I've been to every single one oh since. Oh, my God. Wow. Come out. Can you not come out in old sort and bring you out here? That's crazy. We're going to bring Ariel out now. Try. We'll sort that. Yes, yeah, can you get out. We'll do something after the fight, maybe get your, once you get your tests and all that, and once you're, you know, you follow the guidelines and the protocols, everything's pretty good. So, you know. Yeah, no, I want it, but, you know, it's, it's, I'm happy that we get to do this. Yeah. I just wanted to ask, do you want to say anything to your fans, to the people, you know, it's, it's dark days, right? It's the winter, it's a bit depressing, obviously what's going on is very tough. You are giving them something to look forward to. In conclusion, do you want to say anything to those people who support you so Vigorously. Yeah, I, I'd like to say to, to my fans and the people of the world, you know, stay positive. Better days are coming for sure. There are many things on the horizon to, to, to look forward to. And, you know, we will we will get past this. You know, we are making great inroads here, I feel, with, with, with how, how we are handling this. And we are only going to get better. You know, we're not going to get worse. We're going to get better. Our knowledge of, of, of this virus is, is improving. I know the vaccines, vaccines are being rolled out the most vulnerable in our society. They will be, you know, we will be able to keep them safe as, as we will be able to keep the people who help keep those safe. So there are good things on the, on the horizon, I think. If we stay together, keep positive, we will overcome it. And, you know, as far as the support, thank, I'd like to thank all my fans and all the people around the world for the support that, that, that has been given to me. And it is an honour for me to come back and give entertainment and compete for my fans. And, you know, with all that's going on in the world, I, I truly mean it is an honour to step in and, 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 and put on my, my, my performance and take the mind off of what's going on, you know, so, um, that's that, so, onwards we go, onwards and upwards. Thank you, as always, for the time, Connor, I appreciate it greatly, uh, I wish you the best on the 23rd, congratulations on all the great things, much respect on all the great things that you did this past year, no one knows this, I never made it public, but we were supposed to talk in early March, and you were going to announce that you were giving a big donation to a charity here in New York, due to your, you know, proper 12 
uh, sales, the Tunnel uh, to Towers Foundation, and uh, that's an amazing thing that you do for the first responders, and that doesn't get a lot of attention. So uh, that, that interview didn't come to fruition due to technical difficulties, uh, but I do want to mention that as well, and everything that you're doing with uh, you know, your, 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 your people back home is amazing with the gyms and, and uh, with the hospitals. So kudos to you, my friend. Good luck, and thank you, as always, for making time for me. Ariel, it is always a pleasure to talk to you anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Appreciate it, so Thank you. All right, so thank you very much once again to Conor McGregor. Good luck to him on Saturday night. And of course, as I mentioned during the show with DC, we got so much going on. We've got the live Helwani show, the VVIP edition of the Helwani show. Tuesday night, again, bit.ly slash Helwani Island 2. You can sign up. Limited spots available. So if you want to get in, Action Bronson will be there. New York Rick will be there. TST will be there. Trivia, it's going to be a great time. And then I'll be back with the Wednesday pod and special little hint for the Wednesday pod. You know, historically Mondays with John Kavanaugh before a Connor fight. Well, it'll be Wednesdays with John Kavanaugh this week. Conversation with John Kavanaugh coming your way as per tradition. Also, Wednesday night after the UFC event, DC and Hawani on ESPN Radio. Got another Hawani show radio show for you uh, coming Saturday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on day by day. We shall give you a lot of content. So just stick with me. Don't touch that dial, as they say, and we're going to have a good time. And then next week, we'll talk about it all. It's going to be a fun week. We live for weeks like this. It's kind of like our Super Bowl since Connor's only fighting once a year these days, although uh, we hope that will be more than that if his plans come to fruition. I am revved and ready to go, as a wise man once said, and I hope you all are as well. All right. We're out of time. Thanks, as always, for your support, for listening, downloading, and subscribing. Back next week, same time and place. Well, really, back later on. This, like, literally back tomorrow. But you get the point. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.